I am here with my co-host Shelly and Tom Harvey and juror number nine. This is a crazy episode. This is the second half of the commenter stuff. There is so much more to come. I hope you enjoy it. We left off where I was just going into some of the Karen SP stuff. We're just going to pick up right where we left off. So here are some of the facts that we know about Karen SP that she's described herself as having an armchair interest in Jeremy Johnson's antics. Back in the 1990s by the SEC, there was something that the SEC like questioned him about something. And that she joined Discus, that platform that the Tribune and KSL use, a week after Jeremy Johnson was arrested. Okay. And the IP address that was used to create it maps to the corner of 400 South and Main Street. As does Taco and, Tuesday. And what, 400 South and Main. And that was the old federal And one house. thing you might note there, just that when Jeremy was arrested, yeah. he appeared before the magistrate judge uh, in Utah. That magistrate judge at that time was the same judge who became a district judge and presided over Jeremy's trial. Oh my gosh, not another tie. Yeah. So he's followed him on three yeah. separate cases? Correct. Well, th Karen, he was yeah. a different well, It was the same case for the criminal case. It's just that he... He wasn't actually a district right, judge He at was that a magistrate point, judge, yeah. right, which Tom? is a lower level yeah, judge. Yeah, he was right. the magistrate. Oh, and yeah, then I got it. Yeah. yeah. He, oh my gosh. Then he got promoted and then he's like, oh, I'm now I'm the... I personally believe he should have recused himself at that Or point. maybe on any um, of them? Yeah. Sorry, quick question that, that oh. I should know this. So, I apologize. Were, what is he now? He's still a, a district judge, U.S. district judge. But he's not. He's a district yeah, but he's judge not the in federal, St. George. the head judge in Utah anymore. No. Okay. No. But there's a strange thing that happened after the investigation that you prompted. Oh, okay. Him. I'd love to hear it because I haven't. Do you want to give some background on the, your complaint and the investigation, Kathy? Bye. So right after the trial was over, I was completely appalled by the entire thing. And myself and one other juror, no names, we both put in complaints against Judge Nuffer in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. And within, I don't know, a couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks, I had one of the judges come down and actually interview me in the McDonald's by my house, actually, and then went back. And then I heard, well, they're not going to do anything with the complaint. I wasn't surprised by that. But I do think that, you know, Nuffer was somehow reprimanded at least a little because he's no longer the head judge. Anyway, Tom, shoot, please. Okay, so the strange thing that I thought was that the investigation concluded without taking any type of formal action mm -hmm. or, or anything that we know of. But Judge Newford did move down to St. George. He had, had a house down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he- He was he from, was, yeah, he'd, he'd spent a lot of his career yeah, that's down right. there. And only started taking yeah. cases from that, it's called the Southern District of Utah. And in other words, he never, he didn't mm -hmm. take any, it's mostly up here where the big cases yes. come in, criminal and civil cases yeah. and stuff. It, it appeared to me, I don't know whether there's a direct relationship between the two, but the timing is very interesting that he would yes. you know, move down there and just really preside over mostly minor cases, although there are there are criminal Can cases I sure. put in another point of very odd timing? So um, unfortunately, I lost my best friend of 30 years on July 7th of 2017 to stupidity. Accident. Sorry. Uh, well, accidental oh. drug overdose. Total oh, accident. You would never have thought it anyway. Oh. But the point here is, 
So I got the letter from the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals that they were denying my claim literally two days before the second anniversary of my best friend's death. And I was in no place emotionally oh. or mentally or anything to put in an appeal. Because I would have, yeah, right. but literally, and I don't know, yeah. I'm, coincidence, maybe, I don't know. But I literally got that letter yeah. two days before the second or second or third anniversary. I forget the years now. But of, of yeah. that passing. And I just was not in a place at all where yeah. I could do yeah. anything about it at that right. point. So it's just another really okay. weird, right. you know. And, of course, you would see that on my Facebook. Like, yeah. it would be easy to yeah. see that such a thing had happened in my life. Sure. Well, that was yeah, an emotional 30 years time of you. friendship. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that would be a time for me yeah. where I just could yeah. not yeah. focus. It's terrible. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. Me too. I'm still will always be sorry. Yeah. But, again, that was just a weird yeah. time frame yes. thing right there that I got it right before yeah. that. So... If this judge was a judge in Southern Utah mm -hmm. and then moved up the ranks and, and came up and became a federal judge in the Salt Lake area, correct? No, no. He was appointed a magistrate judge first, and he was up here in Salt Lake City while he was a magistrate judge, and yeah. then he got appointed to be a district judge. Okay, but he was a by President Obama. But he was a judge in St. George before the magistrate and everything else. No, he correct? was an attorney. He, oh, he was an okay, attorney. Okay, so my question is, did his path ever cross with Jeremy when they were in St. George? If Jeremy lived <laughs> yes. in St. George. Great question. Yes, so he had actually represented Jeremy's family on some civil litigation as an attorney in St. George. So should he have recused himself? <laughs> yeah, probably yes, so. like but, four times now. So Pamela, yeah. is this correct? If I remember that the... Johnson family, not Jeremy, but his, he had represented his father, maybe his, even his grandfather on a different case, but that. I think he represented both. I think he did a case with the father and the at grandfather. at least one of them, I remember I somebody complaining that he had missed a deadline or something in that case. Uh-huh. That he hadn't filed something and it was really catastrophic for their case is my understanding. And now he's the judge so, judging your child. Yeah. That would have been hard for me to yeah. take. And if they had had an attorney that could advise them on stuff like that, oh, that instead he would of likely have requested and, a recusal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, instead of busy send, <laughs> flossing and sending emails yeah. at his desk. I yes. bet that guy's teeth so, were so clean. <laughs> I Cleanest in the courtroom for sure. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, crazy. Who, okay. Who flosses in public? I mean, seriously. Hey. If you have a lot of time on your hands, there's a lot of things you can do. You know what, Shelly, people are going to think he really did oh, floss his okay, teeth in the okay. He didn't. I never saw him actually floss his teeth. That's just Shelly's way of saying that they're doing nothing. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. When people call me and I don't want to go somewhere, I always say, gosh, sorry, I have to stay home and floss my teeth. So it's kind of that what? kind of a... That's what... I did. Now, now, you know, I know. now I know. Now I know. That's awesome. I'd rather stay home and floss. Okay, sorry. All it's right. probably... It's really okay, good you clarified so. that. Thank you. <laughs> it is. Yes. So, <laughs> so we started studying... All the posts that were made by Karen S.P. and Taco Tuesday. Okay. There's some things that we learned about them. That Karen S.P. is a Democrat. She's also a Mormon. That she grew up in the 50s in a two-child household. And 
She clearly has legal training and access to non-public documents. Like she refers to documents and we're gonna get into this a little bit. She's a Salt Lake resident. She has extensive knowledge and an interest in St. George and the politics of St. George. And she's personally affronted by development of Snow Canyon and other areas of St. George in Washington County. She knows the Johnson family tree very well. Oh and no. Let's see. She witnessed a rollover accident in Southern Utah on August 28th of 2011. And she also commented that she saw Jeremy getting ready for a Super Bowl party in January of 2014. Damn him! Damn him! <laughs> Guilty! And it was on a Sunday! Guilty. And it was on a Sunday! She, yep, on a Sunday. She should have known he was guilty. He, she probably did know he was guilty because of that. Wow. Yes. She had friends die in Vietnam. Okay. Um, she has adult children. Pam, how are What's you? Fig- how do you have all this information on this person and not have a name? We'll get into that okay. later. But yeah, we we really went pretty far. Okay, so here's another interesting thing. She's a defender and avid supporter of Brent Ward, who was the initial prosecutor of Jeremy Johnson. Oh. And Paul Warner. Paul Warner, who was the magistrate judge and a supporter of David Neufer, who was the district judge, the presiding judge over him. And she's also very critical of Judge Waddups. And she hates Jeremy Johnson. Okay. Well, we uh, kind of got obviously. that. Yeah. So, yes. While at first she was only critical of Mike Lee, she began calling him an embarrassment to the state of Utah after he voted against Judge David Neufer's, after he voted against Neufer's comp- confirmation as a judge as a district judge but then in spite of his voting against his confirmation according to karen sp mike lee voted against newfer and then attended his confirmation Uh, yeah oh and karen sp also had an extensive knowledge of the gambling that we talked about earlier remember when he was processing gambling but that would come from other cases that wasn't like the knowledge that karen sp had was not just common knowledge. Tom, what is your take on Karen SP? Like, what are you thinking as all this information is still coming out and that as a writer and someone that's that's observed so much in the court, what are you thinking about all this? Are, are you thinking now or thinking back then? Either both? one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Like, I is would... this new information for you? Yes. Yeah. This okay. particularly what Pam said just a little while ago about the things that Karen S.P. is familiar with down in St. George and with familiar mm-hmm. with the family and and mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and stuff like that. That's just, uh, uh, I never knew any of that. So Yeah. So I did not know that he went after Marcus considerably after we started going after him. After you filed your complaint I mean, against Newfer, did you? I didn't know that either, Tom. No, did you know that? No, I didn't it was know that. one week oh. later. Yeah, it looks pretty vicious. Okay, so who, here, here's some. Who went after Nuffer Marcus? Went after Marcus. Oh, the judge. Gotcha. Okay. The judge. And, and I'll, we'll do another yeah. episode on okay. that. Ooh, one. I had no idea. Um, so uh, I told you that Karen F. Spee grew up mm-hmm. in the yes. 50s, according to her own words. The judge was born in 1952. Hmm. That Karen F. is a Democrat. The judge was an organizer of the Washington County Democratic Party and served as its secretary. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Karen S. Is this his wife? I don't know. If it's not, 
if it's or his it, sister, I, I think it's someone, or a sibling. It's someone close. It is mm-hmm. someone so, close. Do you remember Pam? I think it was Charlotte Johnson, Jeremy's wife, who found this that somehow was looking online and traced the Karen SP emails to a person in Salt Lake City. Judge Newford lived on Sherman Street, which is not not too far, the 1600 block of Sherman Street, which is not too far from where I live. But Sharla traced it to a woman. She actually had me trace it. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Okay, so you traced it to a woman in that neighborhood who lived only like two or three blocks away from the judge. Yeah. (laughs) The address was like two blocks away from (laughs) the judge. That's got to be, yeah. Okay. I don't know that it's the judge, but it's the judge. But it could have been a wife or a sibling. <laughs> yeah, or, or something. And Karen S. P. made comments. I love the BLM, <laughs> and as a magistrate, uh, Judge Newfer handled matters over Zion's Canyon and Bryce and the BLM, and he was always a supporter of the BLM. Uh, they were. Oh, they, they were wow. kind of. Karen S. P. is kind of fascinated with disease obsessed with polio the mumps and vaccinations and made many extensive comments about all that stuff and referred to like hey when i grew up we didn't have a vaccination and how dare people not get vaccinated this is pre-pandemic though people so this was this was like really rare for someone to be like that vocal i know after the pandemic we had all these debates about it but this is someone that yeah, was... Yeah, there were a lot of debates before. But yes, I get it. That's mm-hmm. true. As a judge, he was always talking about... I've, we've got to be careful about the germs in here. He gave every juror a hand sanitizer. This is, again, pre-pandemic, before everyone had that stuff and was using mm-hmm. that stuff. So it was... At the time, it seemed a little a little anal, like, wow. But I got it, because I was like, hey, we have a jury seated. We've got to be careful to keep them healthy. Yeah. And there are constant quotes where the judge is saying, like, I gave one of the attorneys a bottle of hand sanitizer yesterday. Please use it. We've swabbed the lectern and the mics and cleaned off the lavalier. We don't want anybody getting sick. Maybe I should get 100 pocket sanitizer bottles. It's just very consistent with the way that Karen SP talks. Yeah, it's got to um, be a family member. Karen SP grew up in a two-child household. The judge grew up in a two-child household. What's his mother's name? Not Karen, is it? I don't. I don't remember now. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't Seriously? know. I've wondered. What's his wife's name? And I remember when I was trying to convince Tom that, like, there's something to this. Tom, like, I need your help. I need your help. Please tell me where they started that account. What the IP address is? Because when I have the IP, then I can go like d- do some digging. And Tom's like, oh, I don't know. Of course, Tom's skeptical because he's an intelligent guy. That's a smart thing to do. And I'm dealing with you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. And I kept saying, I'm telling you, there's something weird about this. After the trial, there were some comments that went on. I remember I was, I I like hardly was reading stuff. I couldn't, it was, I I was like so distraught about the result that Jeremy was in custody. So, and one day I just kind of, I glanced at some comments on, now I can't remember if it was on KSL or the Salt Lake Trib. It was one of the, the sites. And what Taco Tuesday said, Jeremy manufactures evidence. And I don't know if he was arguing with you, Kathy, at that time or not. He was arguing with someone. It was a really intense argument. I didn't have time 
preparing for this to go actually find it. But it, he was arguing with someone that knew what they were saying and he was really frustrated by it. And he said, it's just like that email that Jeremy claimed he had between London and attorney number two. <gasps> and the second I read that, I was like, holy shit, what? I what? mean, my heart just started pounding. Cause guess what? Remember when that yeah. happened? Yeah. Remember when that happened and we found that email and it's where London, the lead attorney, sent an email to mm -hmm. attorney number two. Jeremy found it when we were in attorney number two's library preparing for uh -huh. trial. And Jeremy shows me this email because there was a file of all the emails of it, like everything correspondence about the trial. Jeremy hands me an email and the, it was just after I'd finished the swallow investigation uh -huh. of the attorney general. And now I'd switch sides. Now I'm on the defense. If you guys all remember way back to the scandal episodes of Swallow Stuff, when the legislators finished, they said, the Lindquist report will never see the light of day. So it was like super secret. Anyone that even had access to my report, mm -hmm. right? So when London sends the email to attorney number two, he says, have you seen the Lindquist report? Because I had a lot of questions after looking into the attorney general investigation as we were, we were trying to figure out how was the U.S. attorney's office, re how could they move, proceed the way that they were proceeding? And it appears that they're, they have some conflicts and they're involved and there, we had more questions than okay. answers. And that's essentially what my report was yeah. saying, that there's a lot of suspicious stuff that's happening here and we need to talk to the U.S. attorneys. Okay. Well, of course, the U.S. attorneys are going to be offended by that report sure. because I'm questioning sure. them. And so that attorney sends an email to attorney number two and he says, hey, have you seen that report? He said, it's full of lies. And attorney number two responded and said, don't worry. Okay, now I had worked for attorney number two, like his right arm for 16 years. And attorney number two responds and says, don't worry about it. I've got your back. I will protect right. you. Mm -hmm. Remember right. that? And Jeremy and I were furious. I secretly went in and made a copy of that email immediately. And we were trying to figure out when we could use this in trial, okay. but it never, never did. There was never an opportunity. Uh -uh. We were overwhelmed with everything else. And there was never a time to say like, Hey, his attorney even was climbing in bed with these prosecutors and said, he'll say whatever he needs to right. cover for him. We never got to that place to say it. So. The only people that I thought knew about that email were me, Jeremy, attorney number two, and Rob Lennon. Wow. Yeah, now you've done the background. Now read the comment again. Yeah, so the comment was, Jeremy Johnson creates evidence, just like that email that he created that he said was between Rob Lennon and his and attorney number two. Wow. So I would like to wow. interject here real quick because it's, it's kind of funny in life. Oftentimes, if we are doing something we shouldn't be doing, the first thing we do is what? Accuse the other person of doing it. Do you guys remember me telling you about that email? Yeah. And I finally actually, I thought yeah. about it. I'm, I'm like, yeah. it was, a, it, I remember the exhibit number to this day, 803. It was the one yeah. linchpin that I, I couldn't figure out, right? I was like, okay, so yeah. I know that these guys are not doing what the government is trying to say that they're doing. So what is it with this email? And that is why I spent literally two solid days while the rest of the jury was discussing the bank fraud charges and all of those and came to the conclusion that there was actually no fraud. That is why I spent two solid days going through 
hundreds of Jeremy Johnson's emails. Remember I told you guys last time? And this yeah. 803, yeah. exhibit 803 yes. had a completely different font than literally every other, every email that came out of Jeremy's server that was in those binders, hundreds of them was the exact same font. This yeah. was decidedly right. different. So, and that's when I thought, well, why is this different? Why would this, and it was dated, I mean, cause I actually, I went back and I looked through emails from the same time frame, like literally like the same day, you know what I mean? In other yeah. binders yeah. Yeah. and it was a different font. Why would Jeremy yeah. choose for that one day, a new font for, for that one moment, email, for that one moment. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them mm -hmm. were this. So, and again, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Usually when people no. are doing something they shouldn't be doing, what are they doing? They're accusing the other person of doing it. Right. And the second that I read that comment, I mean, my heart was pounding. And that, I, I, that's when I asked Tom, I was like, Tom, please, please look Cough at this. Up, Tom. Mm -hmm. And Tom was still being skeptical. Like, I don't know. And I said, Tom, you sat through the entire trial. Do you ever remember hearing about that email between London and attorney number two? We never brought it up. The government never brought it up. The only people that knew about the email were London, attorney number two, and then Jeremy and I, and we never talked about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have no memory of knowing about that before or during yeah. trial. Yeah, because we didn't, it was something that I wanted to bring up, but they're just never, a good time right. there. It didn't right. fit anywhere. Because, because number two was gone and they had moved on. Yeah, exactly. So. He was gone. It, like there was so much more crap mm -hmm. coming down the pike that we just didn't have time to go back and complain about something. Right. And it past. wasn't probably relevant at that point either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have been. So for him to bring that up. And the only reason it becomes uh, an issue, not an issue, but a hmm moment is because no one knew about it and all of a sudden someone's writing about it right yeah yeah and that's how i got tom's so attention tom, so, <laughs> so tom cared do you eat tacos on tuesday <laughs> no but i will from now on <laughs> oh that's funny so I just wanted to talk about this stuff. Is there something that you, Tom, you or Kathy, that you guys want to make sure we cover on this? I just recall getting into regular, okay. well, discussions, arguments, whatever you want to call it. Debate. Okay with either, mm -hmm. right? With honestly, with both Karen SP and Taco Tuesday. And I felt like they were yeah. really sort of fishing for information, you know? Like, what about Scott Levitt? Why did you guys choose to do this? But I distinctly remember the two of them really trying to figure out what in the world was the thought process. Tom, you know, what are you the, thinking? Well, the other thing that this popped up within this discussion was I was thinking about was that after the trial was over, so we had, you know, we had the judge and then we had the prosecutors and there was what, Pam, like four, four attorneys who were members of the prosecution team. Yeah. I think at least three of those four left government service right after the trial or shortly thereafter or left the prosecutor's no office. No kidding. So one of them- Le They left the U.S. Lennon, Attorney's Office. Lennon became yeah. a district judge, a Utah district state judge. And then the other two went to Washington, D.C., worked for a private firm. Or yeah, Jason yeah. Burt's working for a private firm but it, But it was really curious to yeah. me that they, that they <laughs> all jumped out of the U.S. Attorney's Office 
uh, the oh. timing of it at that point. Wow. So there was Kathy's complaint, you know, was being investigated. Yeah. There were questions mm -hmm. raised about the comments because I think these questions were raised even when Marcus was fighting the complaints against him made by Newfoundland. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I do remember making comments also that I was going to go after the prosecutors for prosecutorial misconduct. I'm pretty sure that I said that openly and publicly. I never did, and honestly, it was, it was well, it was a terrible time in my life. My best friend died, and that was sure. everything right. kind of went to hell in a handbasket yeah. for two years or so, you know? Sure. So, and unfortunately, <laughs> bad timing on that regard. So, I never did it, but I kind of wish that I had, you know what I mean? I really <laughs> wish that. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think you would have gotten a different no, result. I probably would because. Not. I just don't, I think they were not yeah. going to do anything yeah. about it. I think they know the truth. And Shelly, you asked me, whatever happened to this? Who yeah. was it? Who was it? How come we don't know? Well, okay, so after the jurors made their complaints okay. about the judge, no, after they filed affidavits and Marcus used those affidavits, after those were filed, a week later, the judge filed complaints against Marcus all over the place. He filed complaints against him with the Utah Bar Association, with the Office of Professional Conduct, to try to get him disbarred. You're kidding. No. I mean, he wanted to squash him like a bug. Wow. And he did everything in his power to do it. So I am a bit scared. Of, no, I'm a lot scared of this, but I'm also really pissed off. I think the truth needs to be told. And I'm not saying... I, we don't know if Karen S.P. is the judge. We don't, but I, I believe it had to be someone close to the judge. And there are very, very, there are so many similarities. There are so many parallels. Yeah. Like, I could go on and on about them, actually. And Taco Tuesday, like I say, that comment about that email, like, just grabbed me by the throat. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And I'm not saying that London didn't tell anyone in the, the fellow prosecutors that he'd had an exchange with number two sure. about it. But... We didn't. We hadn't had the opportunity to, to, to do it. that. Yeah. So it was very troubling to me. So I no question in my mind, these people are were on the inside. And there were so many similarities between sidebars that happened and comments. And, that's, and comments in that's court. That's what's interesting Things that happened in court. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as part of Marcus defending himself, there was a case that happened with that. And the attorneys that were helping him, one of the attorneys that was working for Marcus was a former federal judge. And that guy didn't dare go up against to make even to say what we are saying now. Most people wouldn't dare say what we are saying now. So I really, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I am like totally impressed with the courage and braveness of yes. Kathy and mm -hmm. Tom and the stupidity of me <laughs> to talk, <laughs> to say anything. <laughs> well, you know what? I want to, I want to say something here too. Like it's been great to hear your perspective, Tom, sitting in the court and listening to all of that. But you also have a power because you worked for one of the major newspapers and you could write, and that's what we hear in your voice. So it's great yeah. to hear your side and your perspective of stuff, especially amongst a bunch of women like us, right? We're laughing about it. But, and then yeah. Kathy, to be able to step forward and, and follow your path, yeah, it takes a lot of courage, especially this was not a small a case. And to yeah. hear your perspective yeah. oh. and hear what's happening behind the scenes without ever 
you, I don't think you ever beat anyone down or put anyone down. It was just your perspective of how you saw things. I mean, even today when you said, I got caught up on that one email, while they were discussing other things, I decided to go over here. Mm -hmm. But it, this is intense. And it's so unusual to have a juror like Kathy. One. And, and even mm -hmm. yes. where there were two others that I talked to, too, yes. that felt the same way she did mm -hmm. uh -huh. yep. and stuff. But it is so unusual and so important and so powerful when, when a yeah. juror like yes. juror speaks up because in federal court and state court, jurors are almost sacrosanct, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're almost sacred. Yes. And judges, yeah. you see that judges yes. treat them with yes. so much respect because they're absolutely integral to the to the system itself. And the balance, and to, it keeps yeah. us balanced. And to, to see a juror come out and complain about the behavior of a federal judge in a trial is just, it's yes. just almost unheard of. Yeah. I have never heard of it before or since, and I'm truly in awe of your yeah. courage still. Yeah. I'm constantly like, holy crap, that that is gutsy. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. And so much so, like I'm saying, there was a complaint, like Marcus was fighting for his career, his life. And as he's fighting to try to combat all these allegations made by a federal yeah. judge, he has a, a former federal judge as one of his defense attorneys to help him. And that judge did not dare go mm -hmm. down this road. He Shameful. knew that it was happening. Yeah. He wanted Shameful. it done. He wanted it done. So they reached out to me and said, what can you do? Can you get an attorney to file this? And I said, you bet. So we had a meeting and I can't tell you who, who was in this okay, meeting. Okay, wait, I wanna, when I'm saying shameful, I'm not blaming that judge that's trying to help Marcus. I'm saying shame on our right. system that we have to be in fear true. of. That's what right. I'm shamed of. Right, that's true, true. So we had this meeting. I, I don't wanna say who was okay. there because these people were all scared. And I had an attorney there that said, you know what? I think this is completely wrong what's happened. And there was a case pending. So we had the ability to do a subpoena with Discus, the software company that had all these comments. They had all of the information about the commenters. Okay. We could have gotten it, right? So yeah, this attorney sitting in the room with me, he says, I will do it. And he said, yeah, I'll write it up. And these other attorneys in the room say, no, because they said, we don't dare have our name okay. on it. We can't have our name on this. We're afraid to say anything that even alludes to a federal okay. judge, that it may possibly be a federal judge. So this attorney I brought said, I will do it. I'm not afraid. Let's do it. Do, I will write it up. And they said, no, we will write it up for you. And then we'll give it to you to file in your name. And he said, great. And so they were going to send him drafts of it as it came along. They never did send a draft. Oh! <laughs> but they did, they did themselves, a couple of them, not all of them, a couple of them did file a subpoena to KSL and the Salt Lake Tribune for this information from Discus. And the Trib and the KSL had their attorneys file a motion to quash that subpoena. Okay. Which basically means like, stamp on it, get yeah. rid of it. We do not want to have to comply with that subpoena. Okay. And I did not know this had happened. Okay. And the next thing I know, the deadlines have all passed. They never responded to the motion to quash. Wow. What? 
Which means if a judge has a motion in front of him and then there's another motion that says, I want to quash that motion and the side that files the motion for the subpoena doesn't file another motion to say, no, you shouldn't quash it. This is why. Then the only thing the judge can do is grant the motion to quash. And so he quashed it. And now the statute of limitations has run. To me, this whole thing too, the lesson of it for me was that the justice system, the, and I think this probably applies to the, the states as well as federal courts, just cannot heal itself, you know? Mm-hmm. If there are big mistakes made and stuff, yeah. they're not going to take care of the problem. And part of it- They're not going pro- to. It's just what you said. Attorneys live in fear of judges and they just won't yes. say anything bad about a judge publicly. No. They will privately, but not right. publicly. They will privately. Yeah, yeah. Right. and so, right. so abuses continue, you know, and, and bad decisions, yeah. conti- judges continue. Until we shine a yeah. light on it. Yeah. Yes, until we shine a light on it. And that's what I'm trying to do. And again, to all of you listeners, if you hear that I have been arrested, please start a GoFundMe count. <laughs> I'll be in charge. Please, I'm begging you. It, I'm begging you in advance. If please get me out. My car, you know it's not because I don't maintain my vehicle well. Let's just say that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, I am scared. This is one of my scariest episodes I've done. The other thing I would say about this particular yeah. issue, though, is I'm not sure there was kind of the absolute smoking gun that would say who did this. Mm -hmm. But there is so much other evidence pointing to, Mm -hmm. not directly to a particular person, but to that group of people that we've already talked about, the insiders who were in those sidebars, who were in those and intimately aware of the documents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am convinced it was someone that was in the sidebars. Yeah. Yeah. Or related to the person in the sidebar. And who sidebars. knows? Maybe it was even one of the standby council guys. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no I, idea. Unlikely because of the attitude of them. It has to be somebody in the government. It has to be. Yeah. And the access. There was a time when, and we're going to talk about this in a later episode, but one of the things that Karen SP, she sent you an email, Tom, about this. She was, she, he, Maybe Karen SP is a transgender way before it became oh, queer. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Karen SP sent you an email, Tom, that they were absolutely furious that there was a deal being made with the FTC where attorney number six was going to receive a large sum of money for the mm-hmm. defense of mm-hmm. Jeremy. And Karen SP was mad as hell about it and saying, you didn't report that. And blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Not only did Tom not know about it because it was in like court documents, not only that, but Jeremy's wife didn't know about it. Tom reached out to me. Jeremy's wife didn't even know yet. Mm. What I'm telling you is Karen SP had information mm-hmm. that even the defendant himself did not know. Mm. That's mm-hmm. someone on mm. the inside. So mm-hmm. inside, inside. This case was so emotional and I think because it was so emotional, that's why mm-hmm. that someone on the inside would want to right. comment. That's why they were so frustrated. It, and there was one story you did, Tom, that I wanted to get in that I forgot. I can't even believe I forgot it. It was like one of the last days of court, and the it was the jury had been excused, and the defense 
we were really frustrated about the lies we were being told by the government. Okay. And the government was frustrated. Every, everybody, we just disliked each other so much. There was so much animosity. And they were trying to get like, okay, when can you file this? When can you have this in? And when can you have this in? And Karen Foytek stood up, one of the prosecutors, stood up and she said, well, your honor, we can't trust a thing that the defense says. And all of us sitting on the defense side, not not at the defense table, but I, and apparently some people sitting behind me, kind of kind of smirked like, <laughs> like whatever, you know, like, 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 are yeah. you kidding? Like, yeah. this is the pot calling the, the kettle black. Like, are you kidding me? Kettle black. And so uh-huh. I kind of like laughed and Karen Foytek got so mad. <laughs> and so she turned to the judge and she said, your honor, could you please tell the peanut gallery to be <laughs> quiet? <gasps> hey, were we In there, the jury I may mean, have been in there. Oh my gosh, dollars. that's hysterical! <laughs> the jury might have been in there for and, that one. Uh huh. <laughs> and and the judge that's, and the judge turns to look at the people in the peanut gallery, and so you listeners know it really isn't called a peanut gallery. That was a very degrading term for her to use. <laughs> it is a gallery, but it's not the peanut gallery. So, uh-huh. so the judge looks straight at me because I'm like on the front of row course, of, the, the of the peanut gallery. Yeah. And he looks uh-huh. straight at me and he chastises us like, do we need to have U.S. Marshals come in here and make you guys be quiet, blah, whatever. And Tom sends me a text and he goes, he was looking straight at you. You're in trouble. And of course, that's hysterical. <laughs> yes. And my face is like totally red. My heart's pounding. And I'm thinking like, he was. He was looking right at me. I'm in so much trouble. You're going to jail. Like, I, You're going to jail. Thank the Lord. Tom did a story. And the, and the title of the story was like the U.S. attorney chastises, it refers to the to the people as the peanut gallery in the Johnson trial. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. I was like, yay, yay, thank you, Tom. <laughs> it, so, so like funny. emotions were high. Oh, it's, just, it's not an inappropriate use of the term, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> you can, is that just you? Uh, are you just about the jury? When we got back in that room, we were like the peanut gallery. I mean, was, we actually had a lot of fun. That was deliberations. That wasn't so fun. But up to that oh. point, we actually had a lot of fun. Oh, together, and the, oh so. my god, <laughs> we were the oh, peanut yes. gallery. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and the other thing I wanted to get in, remember like with how attorney number four at the end had actually asked Jeremy, like, please, can I do your closing argument for you? And then offer, yeah, like, I'll pay for, you. For X amount I'll of money. Pay, yeah. I'll, no, no. And then he switched it and said, I'll pay you 25000 yeah. to let me do yeah. it. After, yeah. So, no. And remember how like attorney number four had written a note on Marcus's notebook and he said, like, the judge is like, F him. He's a jerk. <laughs> He's being a jerk, blah, yeah. whatever. And if the judge is listening to that, please take note that that's what number four said about you. Because I know. <laughs> you know that he is Because I know. You know it is. I know he totally kisses your butt every other time. But when you're, when you're not listening, that's what he wrote about you. Uh-huh. So, yeah. In the notes it says. So after all of that. Check yes, yes. or no. 
Tom had interviewed number four and he said, what did you think it, like the defense was like? Do you remember his no, comment, uh-uh. Tom? Oh, I was, I remember it because I was offended. It was, it was worse than a peanut gallery. He said, oh, he said, because <laughs> Tom had asked him like, what did you think of the trial and how this all went and everything? Did you think that the judge was unfair? And number four said, oh, I think it was really difficult for him to handle everything. Like handling the defense team with these guys representing themselves was like herding cats. <laughs> okay, sir. Oh. Attorney number four, I'm going to give you the opportunity to herd cats. Just come to a public school. <laughs> yes. 1,200 or more. Middle school is the best. Yes. Come on over. I'll show you herd yes. cats. <laughs> I was so offended because I was like, that guy is the phoniest mm-hmm. piece of crap ever. Yeah. I do not know whose side he's on. As soon as he says one uh-uh. thing, he switches and is on the other side and yeah. the other side and the other. I don't trust him. Wait, could he be Taco Tuesday? He could be. He could. He was at sidebar. He could be Karen yeah. SP. Maybe he's transgender. Yeah. I oh, don't wait, know. Me, I've never seen him in a dress. Are you defense guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you... Yes. So, so Pam, you have yeah, the one that, that was flossing. You guys did not have Taco Tuesday, right? You had whatever, uh, whoever was cooking that day, their lunches, correct? So he probably yes, did that's not what we know had. unless the prosecution told him that they had that they had and the jurors had Taco true. Tuesday every Tuesday. Oh, true. So most Good point. He okay. would not have known okay. that information. Good point. So, sorry, that's my yep. analytical technique. Yeah, I suspected it was. There, so. All right. No. No. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. So I, you're right. It's probably yep. a government person, yep. not a defense. So. I still want to offer <laughs> yes. Pam and I. Yes, please. To Taco Tuesday oh. or Karen SP. And on that. Um, yes. To, Go ahead. Actually, you could use a voice inhibitor so we that wouldn't would know awesome. your voice. Yeah. Like, it would be really interesting if you want to. Oh, totally. If you want to step up. Yes, please. I would please. love to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's we'll do let it. you wear like a bag over your head. We'll even wear a bag over our head in case yours blows off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll both wear sacks over our head. Uh, yeah. Like along that line. When uh, Karen SP had sent Tom an email and we were going after that IP address and all and the email address and everything else to find who where Karen SP was from and everything we could about them. Troy Rawlings, the Davis County prosecutor, remember he was involved in all of this mm-hmm. from right? the shirtlift side. Yes. Troy Rawlings sent Karen SP not one, not two, but three emails saying hey, you have quite an extensive knowledge of the legal system and you apparently have some inside track to the Jeremy Johnson case and the political goings on with all of this. I could really use some help. Would you please meet with me? Anytime, anywhere, please meet with me. No response. So crickets. 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 And it was only, Karen SP only made comments for like a, a few more months after that and then riding off in the sunset has disappeared hmm. or became well, someone else who knows Maybe became patrick yeah. SP. i don't know so you know the thing is though is if it was someone that you have a strong relationship with a husband a brother or whatever and you were fed up with the comments yeah. or however your point of view or it could just be I'm pissed off. I'm going to write like a girl. I'm just not using my name. Could be. So. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Wow. Thank you, Lots everyone. Of info. Lots of info. Mm-hmm. This was a big one. Thank you all for listening. And if you know Karen SP or Taco Tuesday, <laughs> please reach out to us. 
Have them reach out. We would yeah. love to talk to them. And I will just bring popcorn, <laughs> not peanuts. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And I'll just stand by and watch you two. Yeah, you don't have peanuts because only the peanut gallery gets peanuts. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not in the peanut gallery. Right. Nah, nah, nah. Yes. So All thank right. you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.